All right, gents. I'm getting, I'm just about there on the restream stuff. Um, I think I'm going to have to log in as um, CWG on Periscope real quick in order to start that. Does restream start Periscope automatically? I don't think it does. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I'm I am I am surrogate James and now you're seeing the wrong now everyone is seeing the wrong screen apparently uh all right so there's my tweet bot good thing there was nothing uh, embarrassing there we I don't know if we're live or not but um that would have been that would have been everybody read Jared's DMs yes that would have been excellent I uh, I approve this message Yeah no kidding it's a 200th show yeah no that's exactly it Oh, no, it's up. It's up. All right. Let's roll, gentlemen.
Oh, no, it wasn't busy at all. No, it was actually really quiet. Just nice little breeze, a little bit of rain, a little bit of, you know, uh, some people surfing down the street. No big deal. Um, no, that was uh, uh, Monday was. Uh, uh, yeah, that 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 was a uh, quite a day. Looks like a little over four foot of storm surge. Um, uh, numerous uh, possible tornadoes was in and out of Periscope uh, quite a bit doing uh, live coverage on that. Uh, nothing like running down. Um, uh, tornadoes during a uh, tropical system. You know, you really have to set that storm relative motion. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a, it was just a quite a, it's been quite a day, uh, quite a week. A lot of uh, uh, stations with over uh, eight to nine inches of rain kind of overperforming on the forecast a little bit. So Irma was, uh, yeah, I'm glad that's over. It's been a nice couple days since then, though. We've been uh, generally in the low, uh, low 80s. Um, you know, a little bit breezy, but not too bad. Nothing really hindering our uh, efforts to kind of uh, drain out and dry out and get stuff cleaned up. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a few more calm days ahead. Going to get trend up a little bit as the ridge builds back in. Uh, Going to get in the mid-80s. So not too bad for uh, September. Maybe a little less football-like than I'd like, but, you know, we'll get over it. I, I, yeah, 
Yeah, I did. You know, we're all good there, man. St- still mid eighties.
talks asks about you know um effective communi science, communicating science effectively to the public it's not being offered though because it was a cross-listed course with our com department and the faculty that used to do it between our met department and our um they've both so we haven't been able to offer that class in a while and that's kind of why it's a good thing i picked up the communication minor because i've tailored it towards journalism and i've learned you know a lot about effective communication and i was talking to somebody i can't remember who about you know Department and how I've learned basically through looking at Harvey and Irma, the best way to communicate information and say, you know, this is the Twitter conversation the other day. Duh. Now I remember what it was. I can't remember with who, but yeah. Go, Alex. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. I mean, you're completely right. And I'm kind of sad to hear that you're not getting that class offered because, I mean, it's an integral part of our broadcast practicum course here. And it's great that you're doing the communications fire because if that's out there that I can encourage people to communications uh, because a lot of times when you start out in the broadcast meteorology field, you're going to be doing some side reporting as well. You're going to be able to engage in small markets. You're going to go out during the week and have to report on stories. So have that training in your back pocket because it's always good to be able to diversify and have other options that you can go to. In terms of your question, Scotty, um, our social media integration with our classes is very good. For example, this week, as part of our practicum course where we're in front of the green screen here at MSU, we were required to do a periscope on Twitter where we had about five minutes to be able to present the weather to our followers. And it's something that I think everyone here is really love. Cool, that's good. Um, so one one final question for you guys, since you're both going into broadcast and, and looking to uh, looking to the future in that field, um, for each of you, what would what would be your dream job once you get to say the pinnacle of your broadcast career? Where would you like to end up, and and um, how, how do you see yourself where at that point in your career? A chief meteorologist at a TV station here in St. Louis. I love the community here in St. Louis. I love the market. I love the variety of the weather. I don't want to be, you know, in San Francisco where it's, you know, 70 and sunny all the time and, oh, an occasional hurricane comes in, you know. I, I want to have writing what I do. I want to have a little bit of a challenge because it makes it interesting to go to work in, during the day, you know. Absolutely. I mean, cool. I definitely like the challenge of it. And well, I love I love being down here in Mississippi. And I love the idea of a smart and it's certainly Plus, the money is a lot better than Mississippi. Just, just put, call it straight. <laughs> That's the truth. I tell you, you know, if St. Louis isn't there, we have all four seasons in a week here in North Carolina. I mean, come on down. <laughs>
registering a year ahead of everybody else and I'm able to be at minimum credit hours for full time this whole year because I worked my tail off to get here. Second part, take all the math you can. Even if, you, if your high school offers calculus, take calculus and make sure you take physics as well because it's good. And I'm pretty much echoing our guide here at SLU. We literally say the same exact thing on there about it's all about algebra, calculus, physics in high school. So pretty much what Bobby just said. Math and physics are very integral to a lot of the programs. I know that's something that they're pushing a lot of different universities around the country. Because at Plymouth and at MSU, foundation in math and physics, whether you're operational or broadcast. And while some may try and take the easy way out of taking less math classes or less physics classes, it's important for you to be able to take those because you're going to a station where you might be the only one background. So you're going to be their scientists for a lot of things. So you've got to be prepared to be able to take on a lot of different opportunities. And speaking of that, my second point is definitely take advantage of every opportunity that you get. If you get the opportunity to be involved in an AM, in a local AMS chapter, NWA chapter, you can go for it because those are able to make connections in the field, be able to expand yourself as a meteorologist, and be able to you know get some additional skills. You can be able to get spotter trained. You can be able to get some work. On your, on your resume, or even, and finally, I mean, go. You got to go find an internship once you get into college. I mean, that's kind of a pathway at this point to being able to find your main station. If you don't have an internship, it becomes much more difficult for you to be able to make that next step. So make sure you find that when you get in college. Mentioned uh, becoming the scientist for everything. That actually happened to me at my internship because we we're all hyping for the eclipse and. There was one day, all four of us interns were sitting around one of the computers, and they asked me, so why can't we look at the sun without eclipse glasses? Mm -hmm. I mean, the eclipse is not necessarily a meteorological event, but that is the those are the people that they rely on. They rely on the meteorologists for what, for what we were talking about. And Alex forgot to mention that you should really uh, be proficient at gifting too, to make sure that you become a gift king in your uh, in your market. <laughs> yes, yes, Eric is completely right because I've become I've become one of the gift kings on. We are the reigning champs over Nash Severe WX, and I know that they are going to, to come after Eric and I for that. But we are the reigning champs. Very cool. Well, guys, we want you to stick around, but we are uh, just a little bit past nine o'clock and. Uh, we wanted to get to Tweets of the Week, and Shay is going to update us on the tropics. So before we do that, uh, please, uh, if you don't mind, or if you don't want to, you don't have to, but if you want to, you can, uh, share your social media accounts uh, or a way uh, some of our followers can maybe get a hold of you if um, they want to. Yep. Uh, it's easy for me. On All my social media accounts have the same exact usernames on it. Stillwell, S-T-I-L-W-E-L-L, -L -L, weather, as in the meteorological weather. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So it's easy to find me. You can just find one, you find them all. Kind of the same way here. It's all all the same on all the different accounts. Alex Herbst, W-X-H-E-R-B-S-T. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Very cool. Guys, thanks for joining us. And uh, if you want, stick around for Tweet of the Week. But before we do that, let's um, toss it to Shay right quick. Shay. Uh, we want to get uh, our, our our annual, our weekly tropics talk. <laughs> it feels like annual, doesn't it? Our weekly tropics talk. Uh, go ahead and uh, give us uh, the lowdown on Jose. 
Well, let's see. We are watching Jose. There, there is some inclination for the system to head towards the southeast coast, but we do think it's going to recur. Just a friendly reminder out there that the hurricane season is still in full swing, right? So September the 10th was the peak, and we've seen a very active tropical Atlantic. In fact, at one point we had <coughs> Katiana, we had Irma, and we had Jose all at one time in all three areas of the tropical Atlantic basin. We continue through on September the 13th, still active. Uh, this is the APM update. Jose winds at 75 miles per hour, pressure 988 heading south to three miles per hour. It's not moving very much at all. It's really just sort of meandering around area of high pressure located just north of Bermuda. And uh, it's also encountering some upper shear. Uh, note, note these two other areas over here now. We still have an active tropical Atlantic ongoing, so we still have to monitor two more areas of disturbance. Uh, main development region. This is more lower along the intertropical convergence zone the monsoonal trough zone. So these these merit watching over the next several days. Uh, so don't take your eyes off of the, uh, the tropical Atlantic right now. Here's the track for Jose. Uh, this is from the 5 p.m. update. I'm sure this will probably change at the 11 p.m. update. Uh, but you can see the track generally takes it to the southwest and then up to the north and to the northeast in time. And uh, we do suspect that some of these effects may reach out along the coast. There's a very small chance for tropical storm force winds, but we may see an extended gradient actually reach and maybe to the mid-Atlantic, maybe parts of northern or southern North Carolina all the way up to the mid-Atlantic. So all these areas need to be on the watch for an increasing wind field, maybe a northeast to east-northeast or even east wind field starting on Friday and into this weekend. Uh, one thing to keep in mind here is that the uh, long period swell action is going to be arriving this weekend along the Carolina coast and all the way up to the mid-Atlantic. So you'll be seeing increasing waves for all the surfers, it's a good thing, but also the moderate uh, risk for rip currents is up for many national service offices. So always check with your local NWS offices on the coast to see what the rip current forecast is going to be. Look like that is solid through Tuesday of next week, at least with this system. Um, so yeah, just another um, uh, another you know looking at Jose right here, and then we see another wave, tropical wave coming up over here to the right. This is coming off of Africa. Uh, well off of Africa, but now one behind it. And just a, just a reminder, the season is not over yet. Back to you, Scotty. Thanks, Shay. And uh, we're going to go to our tweets of the week. I do want to say, Jared, I don't think he's going to be able to share one. James Briarton is out tonight. Uh, he's doing some other things. And so uh, Jared uh, voluntarily said that he would uh, do our, our Facebook Live and, and Periscope and obviously – uh, we thank him for that, but it's kind of bogging his computer down, so I don't think he's going to be able to share that tonight, but we'll maybe let him retweet it on our page, and you can see his tweet of the week um, as well. So let's go to, uh, let's see, Eric, you have your tweet of the week pulled up? Because I'm getting ready to get mine, but I'm not ready yet. <laughs> sure, yeah, I can pull it up. And uh, yeah, there was just, uh, you, you could pick from hundreds this week. Um, there's just so much out there that... Uh, that was worthy, um, but I'd, I'm actually going to share an article that I saw, and it was tweeted out, and so that's where the tweet comes in. But being a aviation meteorologist for a major airline as well, um, I found this story rather interesting, and this was the story behind Delta Flight 431, um, which you, if you were uh, following, this is this was right before. Um, here's. Puerto Rico right down here. This was right before Irma moved in and it was the last flight to get in and out of San Juan. Uh, read the story on, on the uh, Washington Post today. Interesting, uh, really interesting story there about how they planned ahead. And uh, and basically you can see the, the track of the plane there. 
flew in between the uh, just ahead of Irma and then flew out between the feeder band and the main storm. Uh, they turned that airplane in San Juan in I think 41 minutes. Um, 173 passengers that got on the plane uh, and safely back to JFK right before the storm hit. So just a fascinating uh, account, and they they talk about Delta meteorology in there and their role and. So check that out on the Washington Post if you get a chance. Very cool. Uh, yeah, we were wondering about who that crazy person was, but obviously they had a plan. <laughs> there was definitely a plan. All right, well, here's my tweet of the week. Um, this is how we do hurricanes or tropical systems in western North Carolina. You guys see this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. This was recorded on Mount Mitchell. We had a wind gust of over 80 miles per hour, which is – Really nothing for Mount Mitchell, but I did want to show you the temperature. This was September the 11th. Can you guys see that temperature? 42 <laughs> degrees. While uh, Tropical Storm Irma uh, gave us her effects here on Western North Carolina, 42 degrees with a wind gust of 80 miles per hour. I don't know what that wind chill is, but I would have not wanted to be up there. So. Is that Mount Mitchell or Mount Washington? I, I didn't hear you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Jeez. That's almost like, like Hogback Mountain, South Carolina. But I wonder what the wind speeds were there. I'll have to go back and take a look. Uh, all right. So apologies to the, uh, to the, to the watchers. I thought I had been sharing my screen earlier, talking about the tropics. I did not. I'll uh, just check. Shay gives some weather flow. I'll put some things up there. Uh, my share of the week or tweet of the week is this one right here from National Weather Service Charleston. Uh, let me know when you can see this one. We got gotcha. you. All right, good. So you won't leave me hanging like last time. Good. I want to interrupt right. you. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. You didn't want to interrupt. You just let me go on and on. We did type it in our little <laughs> chat over here, Jay. I know. Yeah. I, I, it's hard to pay attention while you're uh, talking. But this one comes from the NASA Earth Observatory. Before and afters for the Caribbean islands. So you can see St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. Boy, I tell you, just just green and, and vegetative in state before, as of August 25th, September 10th, you can see how Hurricane Irma stripped them of all their vegetation. I'm sure that uh, to recover from the storm, but that that is the, uh, the huge environmental impact the storm has had to those islands. It will take some time for recovery, but you can see it was. That's uh, that's it for me, Scotty. Have, do you have one? I know you're kind of remote tonight. <clears throat> maybe, maybe not. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll bypass Ricky for right now. Uh, Bobby, do you have one? Uh, still pulling it up right now, actually. Okay, we'll toss it to Alex right quick. Alex? Yeah, so here, let me just get the screen share working here, and we will talk a little bit about what the National Weather Service people were during this storm. We have a great feat here from Taylor Trogdon of where he was sleeping um, during the hurricane. He works at the National Hurricane Center's storm surge unit. And you see, he was kind of sleeping under his desk, but that just shows the dedication of the people at the National Weather Service and the National Hurricane Center during Irma and all the offices that really contributed to being able to keep people informed across the Sunshine State and all the way through the Southeast. This was definitely something that took a lot of manpower and a lot of hours to be able to keep on making sure that people were going to be safe. Yeah, that was, I, I saw that tweet earlier this week and just um, want to give thanks to all the, the men and women of the national weather service. Uh, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of them actually flying in from, from different parts around the country to come help out. So uh, 
our appreciation is is granted to them and we thank them for what they're doing hey Sc scotty i've got some breaking news uh-oh <laughs> any breaking news music Taylor Trogdon tweet is very timely. Uh, if everything works out, we will have him on the show here uh, in early October. Uh, he's with the Storm Surge Unit there at the Hurricane Center, and he could tell us all about uh, the experiences that he's had here in the last week or so. So, uh, anyway, there's a little tease. On a planet or something. <laughs> and I didn't even tell you Listen, to say that's that. How they, that's how you <laughs> Memphis folk work, huh? I see how. We're always in unison. <laughs> all right, Bobby. Second Bobby line. Okay, I got mine here. Uh, it's basically, it's an image of a, it's a, you know, that image that everybody's gone out and shown of uh, what it looks like before and after the hurricane. You can see the power cuts and everything going on. It's a, that's kind of a very, you know, powerful image showing you what actually happened. Of it. Yeah, that was a, that was a touching image um, that they shared there. Um, and as all of us here on the group, um, you know, we extend our prayers and thoughts to uh, all the families families in, in Florida and, and throughout the Caribbean uh, who have felt the effects of Irma and, and even for those folks uh, who are still cleaning on Harvey in the Texas area. So uh, we're thinking about you guys and um, hope that uh, a speedy recovery and, and everything, everybody gets uh, back on their feet really quickly. So uh, again, our thoughts uh, are with those folks. So uh, guys, we appreciate you joining Joining us tonight, talk about next week's show right quick before uh, we sign off. Uh, we have the folks from Crowd Hydrology on. They will be uh, joining us uh, to talk about, uh, they have like a stream gauge system, like a mesonet program, but uh, it's flood gauges. So they're going to be joining us next week uh, to talk about their program. And um, it, it's a fairly new program. So um, how that program is getting off of uh, the ground and, and getting going. And I'm trying to pull up my schedule so I can talk about the next week's show and my computer's being slow. So I'm stretching. Let's see. Where is it at? There it is. Wi-Fi is slow right now. That's right. And then on the 27th uh, of September, we're going to be talking uh, talking with, uh, oh, come on, Trevor. Uh, Boucher. 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 Yeah. Boucher. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about uh, how to effectively communicate uh, with uh, communicate weather information with a diverse population. So uh, Trevor will be with us on the 27th, and then we're going to have the guys from Crowd Hydrology on with us next week. And then like Eric talked to you about, we have uh, guests already lining up for October as well. So excited about that. And uh, Bobby and uh, Alex, we appreciate once again you guys coming on. You're more than welcome to uh, join us uh, anytime you want. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thanks, Eric, for, for being nice to me today. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. And uh, uh, Alex, don't let Eric work you too hard over there, okay? All right. Guys, have, a, uh, have a great weekend, and we will see you next Wednesday night, September 20th, uh, with Crowd Hydrology. Have a good one.